0: Listening
1: to a Sharesies podcast. Toto It's Tuesday, the third of May. This is recap brought to you by Sharesies.
0: Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone.
1: Here's the disclaimer.
0: Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with.
1: Any information we provide is general only and current at the time.
0: If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider.
1: G'day there, Helen. Howdy, Jose. How's it going? It's going quite well. It's been a beautiful day here in Auckland. How's it down in Wellington?
0: Oh, a little bit grey, and I've got to say that it's a little bit like that. Um, we're pretty <laughs> positive at ease but I have to say the old gyrations with the markets—it's got everyone feeling a little bit blue. Um, it's quite hard when investors see their portfolios in the red, and there's a there's a lot happening out there, not just inflation and interest rates, but I think there's a lot to take in with the the continuing war in Ukraine and. You know, we've had a pandemic for two years as well.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of uh, my favorite Twitter meme, which goes, "Everything happens so much." <laughs> and it's true. It's so true, right?
0: Yeah, and I suppose, um, like you've said before, when you're in the Shazzy app, maybe it's flicking the the outlook to the five year, not not the you know the one month or one day kind of movements.
1: Yeah, it's really it's really helpful these times um, times like this to to Take the long view, and I quite like um, changing that, that 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 share price um, graph or chart, if you like, to the five year view, and you can really see everything in context. It's a good little mental trick I find that helps me like put everything in context, looking at that longer five year you know outlook.
0: We've also got some great um, new blogs, actually, about um, what to do with your portfolio in times of uncertainty. And we're also talking this week with Peter Griffin, um, tech commentator, about what's happening with those lovely growth stocks, and um, I think she had lunch this week. We've got a bit of a bright spot with um, Auckland Airport. Is that right?
1: Yeah, we've got the CEO of Auckland Airport. Uh, she is just new in the job, actually. She just came in in February. And obviously, with the borders opening up, it's, uh, it's, looking quite, it's looking a little bit better for Auckland Airport and for a lot of people. Obviously, tourist operators as well are pretty happy that the borders are starting to open up. So that should be a really good chat. I will have links to all those blogs you talked about. Alan in the uh, episode description and join us on Friday as you say for that conversation with Peter Griffin when we look at the tech stocks and what they're up to at the moment should be good
0: right should we crack on
1: yeah let's have a look and see what's happening today
0: Say, I've seen the headlines and they're telling me that Rocket Lab caught a falling rocket with a helicopter this morning. Go
1: yeah, I know. I actually watched it this morning. There's a live stream, um, as, as with most of um, Rocket Lab's <laughs> launches. And uh, yeah, I watched it. it was, I watched it this morning with my coffee. And yeah, it was pretty damn buzzy, I have to say.
0: Okay, maybe you can talk us through what happened and why this is so important.
1: Gladly. So one of the great challenges for companies like Rocket Lab that work in the space sector is working out ways to reuse their launch systems um, uh, of their rockets, and if not the whole rockets themselves. Um, clearly, if you can reuse parts of your rocket instead of having them float away into orbit or being <laughs> damaged on re-entry in Earth's uh, atmosphere, you will save a ton of money in production. Elon Musk's company, SpaceX, has the partially reusable Falcon 9, for example, Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin is working on a similar craft as well,
0: and that brings us back to the New Zealand's Rocket Lab. So they want to catch a rocket as it falls back to Earth.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's totally right. So this is something they announced back in 2020. And this morning they gave it a go during their there and back again mission, as they called it. Uh, they launched an electron rocket, and usually what happens is the rocket separates into two stages. You know, the first stage uh, continues on to release its uh, payload. In this case, it was a bunch of satellites into orbit. The second stage uh, is the main part of the rocket, and that heads back to Earth. And usually, it just plops down in the ocean. But this time the plan was different, uh, the plan was that that stage would fall back to Earth, and that stage is actually uh, four stories tall by the way, and instead of it falling into the ocean and getting damaged it would uh, deploy a series of parachutes. And then waiting for the rocket is a helicopter with two pilots, who fly the helicopter over the rocket, falling at 10 metres per second, and they basically snag it with a long cable.
0: And the idea being that they can reuse the rocket and save some money. So, were they successful?
1: Yes, but also no. The helicopter did snag the rocket, and it was genuinely amazing to watch it as they had a camera on the underside of the helicopter. Basically, the cigar shaped rocket just floated into view, and the cable got it. It was strangely, uh, it was just weirdly very casual, or at least until the control room uh, back at Rocket Lab erupted in shouting and clapping. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. the pilots had to release the rocket into the Pacific Ocean. According to Rocket Lab, they noticed that, quote, load characteristics, unquote, that they were different to what they had experienced during tests. So they had to catch and release, essentially. Alternatively, they would have flown it to a waiting barge.
0: I'm confused. I don't know whether this is a success (laughs) or a stuff up. So what's old Rocket Lab saying?
1: So, Rocket Lab founder Peter Beck tweeted that it wasn't a big deal. The rocket has been fished out of the water <laughs> and it'll be examined for damage. And they'll make an assessment if it's able to be reused as planned. Their next mission is planned uh, for sometime later this month. So, Helen, another tech billionaire in the news, and this time not the man with the initials EM. This time it's a cross the ditch and involves coal burning giant AGL Energy.
0: Yes, about time another tech billionaire clawed back some of the limelight. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners may recall we've been following the AGL story, namely the company's proposal for a demerger, which would see it split into two separate entities. Now there's a power struggle going on excuse the pun between agl and billionaire mike cannon brooks who by the way is the co-founder and ceo of software mega weight atlassian
1: okay so take me back so we can relive the beginning of this fight
0: gladly so earlier this year cannon brooks launched a takeover bid for agl he was joined by Canadian asset manager Brookfield to make the offer. Together they were seeking to buy the 180-year-old company and invest another 10 billion to 20 billion to accelerate the closure of its coal burning power stations across Australia and replace them with large-scale renewable energy and batteries by 2030. AGL has the unenviable reputation of being the single largest contributor to carbon emissions in Australia. In fact, it makes up 8% of the country's carbon footprint. But AGL's board rejected the bid, arguing it undervalued the company and decided to press ahead with its controversial demerger. And this is due to go to shareholders at a meeting or a vote on June the 22nd.
1: Now, Cannon Brooks is not used to losing and as one of Australia's richest men, I presume he's got an ace up his sleeve?
0: You got it. He's clearly got the planet in mind and thinks there are better ways to transform the dire fossil fuel burning ways of AGL sooner rather than later. To this end, he has bought an 11% stake in AGL to become its biggest shareholder. And in a letter addressed to the board of directors and circulated among shareholders on Monday night, he said he will use the stake to vote against the company's plans for the demerger. In the letter, he talks of a future that delivers cheap, clean and reliable energy for customers, a future that accelerates the transition to net zero, and a future that creates opportunities for AGL and value for shareholders on the way.
1: So he didn't like the idea of the company splitting in two as proposed by the board?
0: No way, Jose. Always wanted to say that. (laughs) I'll
1: give you that, (laughs) yep.
0: Just to recap then, the demerger would use the company's coal-fired power stations to sit under one new banner called Accel Energy, and these would continue to operate until 2045. The second company, AGL Australia, would focus on its retail operations, supporting 4.5 million customer services. In the letter to the board and shareholders, Cannonbrook's private investment company Grok Ventures said the demerger would destroy shareholder value. Grok said it doubted that Accel Energy would be a viable standalone company and was at significant risk of becoming a stranded asset because of its meaningful coal exposure. Grok described the demerger as globally irresponsible because it would entrench position that is inconsistent with limiting climate change.
1: Right, so how has AGL responded to this latest action by Canon Brooks?
0: Well, AGL told the Age newspaper that it had not yet been contacted by Grok Ventures and it stood by its demerger plans, so I guess time will tell
1: yeah it would appear this tactic by canon brooks comes at a time when there are doubts about the demurger among other parties is that right
0: Yes, on Monday, the company slashed its expected underlying after-tax profit to between 220 and $270 million. This is due to a breakdown of one of the generation units at its giant Luoyang coal-fired plant in Victoria. It's the second time this unit has broken down in three years, and this follows a seven-month outage in 2019. Some analysts are now saying that the outage adds to uncertainty about the demerger, which, as I've said, involves splitting these coal-burning assets off to be a standalone company, and they think this needs to be resolved before shareholders decide to pay for these future earnings. Meanwhile, the outage has also attracted comment from Greenpeace, which is calling for AGL to scrap the demerger and deliver real, lasting shareholder value for by replacing its dirty coal-burning power stations with renewables by 2030.
1: Has this news affected the AGL share price?
0: At the time of recording, AGL energy shares were down more than 3% to
1: $8.36. Awesome, thanks very much for that, Helen. Let's have a look at Apple now, and news that regulators in the European Union have charged the iPhone maker with abusing its dominant position in the marketplace.
0: They're going really hard on tech giants in the EU at the moment, or at least much harder than in the US. Spotify later complained against Apple last year from memory. Um, Is this the same sort of thing?
1: Yeah, it's definitely more of the same vibe. In that case, Spotify complained, and then the competition regulator in Europe, the European Commission, sent what they call a statement of objections to Apple. And what they were basically getting at was that they believe Apple uses its gigantic position in the market to make it more difficult for music streaming apps to make money. And then remember Apple has its own streaming service, Apple Music. Now the second charge revolves around their use of Apple Pay.
0: That's the digital wallet service, which allows users to make mobile payments. So so what's the objections?
1: So they're basically saying that the way that Apple manages Apple Pay is anti-competitive. They're arguing that the company doesn't let other mobile or wallet app makers use their touch-and-go technology. This is where you can you know, wave your phone over a terminal in a shop and make a payment. According to the commission, this has an exclusionary effect on competitors and it leads to less choice for consumers who use iPhones. In other words, uh, they're saying that it forces users to use Apple Pay if they want to use a mobile wallet.
0: Mm, interesting. So so what's Apple saying about this?
1: They've denied that their practices do anything that the European Commission says it does. They say consumers have plenty of choices for contactless payment uh, using their existing cards and banks. Apple says it had ensured, uh, or rather, ensured equal access to mobile payment technology while setting industry leading standards for privacy and security. However, the Commission says they haven't seen any evidence that having a more open design would lead to higher security risks.
0: Okay, so this is a case that's been going on for some time. What happens now?
1: Yeah, it should be noted that this is a, a very much a preliminary view from the commission. It's very much the, you know, first baby steps of an antitrust case. The EU could eventually fine Apple up to 10% of its global revenue and force it to change the way it operates. Next year the EU is set to create new rules for tech companies, including the Digital Markets Act, which could force Apple to open its App Store, which has been described as a closed ecosystem. And before we go, just a note on a story which really has only just started to to develop this afternoon. It's been reported that Chinese authorities in the city of Hangzhou have placed restrictions on an individual with the surname of Ma.
0: This has got attention because Hangzhou is the home of Alibaba, the massive e-retailer, and the co-founder of Alibaba is Magda Jack Ma. Apparently, the person in the reports has been placed under what's been called compulsory measures and is accused of endangering national security and subverting state power.
1: Now, it's not clear if Jack Ma is actually involved. It's only speculation at the moment. But it's been enough to rattle investors. Shares in the company slid by 9%. Uh, we'll keep an eye on this and let you know tomorrow if any more details are forthcoming. And that brings us to the end of the show. That was Recap for the 3rd of May. Thank you so much for listening.
0: We'd love you to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Our email is recap at and you can also leave a voice message. There's a link in the episode description.
1: We will see you tomorrow. Ma Bye.